What's new in fraud examination? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm picking up a conversation I started last fall with Alan Bachman, the Education Manager of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. Alan, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Good to be back. Well, we spoke just last fall, and it seemed like fraud couldn't get any more exciting then, but it seems like an awful lot has happened since then. What's new with you since we first spoke last November? Uh, we are um, unsurprised by the magnitude of what's been going on. I think the magnitude being an interesting, interesting word because we're seeing a lot more of these big frauds. We're seeing a lot, uh, a lot of uh, big names uh, coming to light in ways that we, we, and I'm sure they have never expected to be uh, to be perceived by the public. As uh, more and more frauds are being uh, exposed to the light of day, we're seeing um, large organizations with big numbers, and it's uh, frightening in the extreme. Alan, what are some of the specific trends that your organization's tracking right now? We're doing. Uh, we're on the verge of releasing our 2010 report to the nation on fraud, which is a survey of our uh, fraud examiners and uh, what they're reporting to us. We're seeing a lot more awareness. We're seeing a lot more uh, vigilance now. We're seeing a lot more, uh, obviously we're seeing as well, a lot more fraud, partially because of the economic climate, partially because of uh, people are uh, fed up and they're starting to report in things that they're seeing that they're suspicious of. So we're we're seeing a turn in some ways to where the public awareness is uh, and disgust, if you will, is um, turning in the favor of the uh, people who are chasing these people, chasing fraudsters down. Well, that's a good thing. That means some of the fraud education you've been working on is working, then. Yeah, hopefully it's always working. I mean, we don't uh, deceive ourselves. People who come to our training uh, may not ever experience fraud. They may never see it in their organization. But if they do, we provide them with a toolkit and a skill set to, uh, to address those types of issues when the time does come. So, Alan, when we first spoke, we talked about education. I'd like to talk with you now about investigation. and Specifically, when does a breach become an actual fraud incident? Well, as I, as I said to, to uh, a group that I was speaking to recently, in its initial stages, fraud and stupidity look an awful lot alike. Uh, an organization that is looking into something that might be a stupid mistake might want to look a little further. They might want to investigate a little bit more to see how often that stupid mistake in fact existed. The largest fraud I ever investigated really was designed to look like a stupid mistake until you peeled back the layers and discovered that there was a stupid mistake that was occurring twice a month and had been occurring twice a month for 18 months to the tune of about a million and a half dollars. But on the surface, it looked very, very simple, and it looked like a, a mistake. So when you start an investigation, you really want to look, you really don't want to draw early conclusions as to whether it's a fraud or whether it's not a fraud. You really want to keep an open mind that's the best approach you can. If you if you if you fit the facts to your speculation, then you might run into a problem. The best way to do that is to keep an open mind. What do you find to be unique about some of the incidents that you're seeing today? Well, it goes back to the word I used early on: magnitude. We're seeing, you know, where it used we used to see frauds in the tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then eventually millions of dollars as they slowly get exposed and. Uh, uh, existed over a longer period of time, now we're talking about billions of dollars, and we're talking large organizations that are uh, uh, seem to have almost a culture of deceit, 
um, we're going to see how these things roll out in the next few years and see as these are litigated. It's a very interesting time to be watching this kind of stuff. Alan, given the magnitude of the fraud, as you discuss, what new types of skills do you find required of fraud examiners? That's a good, very good question. Been, we, that's part of what we do and what we try to keep on top of. The skill set of a fraud examiner has evolved from somebody who is, and those, those skill sets remain, diligent, uh, studious, uh, ability to do a lot of detailed work. What's evolved is the technology, the technology to support um, a person investigating fraud and the technology to perpetrate a fraud. And in order to, and, and the, the way the uh, artifacts and data are being uh, kept nowadays, it's no longer hard copies of, of records that you're looking through, it's data that's on computers. And a lot of skill sets that come, need to be brought to bear are tactical in nature. Sooner or later, you get down to the personal level where you need to talk to people and interview people, and those skill sets are important. But also, you need the skill set that uh, allows you to work with other professionals who can bring to bear the expertise you may not have. For example, digital forensic technology, accounting forensics, things like that. So it's it's good to keep that palette as broad as possible, but to know what your, your limits are and to be able to reach out and get the expertise when you don't have it. Uh, interesting words you used there, skill set, because it segues to my next question, which is what type of individuals should be considering a career as a fraud examiner today? Has that evolved? Uh, that is, yeah, that's evolved. There's been a lot more interest in, in, the, in the profession, if you will. It's almost even becoming a profession. We see a lot of um, uh, people in law enforcement, federal, state, and local law enforcement who deal with um, all sorts of crimes, but primarily white-collar crimes, drifting into that field away from law enforcement into the private sector. We see people from uh, other fields of government who are enforcement people uh, working in, let's say, the Office of Inspector General, uh, drifting into the fraud examination area. We see uh, individuals coming out of uh, public and private accounting, focusing on fraud examination and moving away from uh, the traditional role that, let's say, a CPA firm would do in counseling their clients, to now, now offering services to allow their clients to say, look, these people might have a problem, and then bring the fraud examiner in to help them help them resolve it. So the source of uh, individuals who become a fraud examiner hasn't really changed much, but uh, there's been more interest. So there's a lot more people gravitating that way. Alan, a final question for you. For someone that is gravitating that way, what advice would you give to somebody making the career choice today to go into fraud examination? Oh, keep an open mind. Uh, be curious. Uh, be speculative on everything that you, uh, you hear and see in your, in your job. Uh, follow your nose. If you're suspicious, follow that. Uh, be interested. Read a lot of how frauds are perpetrated. Get a feel for, get a feel and understanding for how crimes are committed. White collar crimes are committed. Money laundering, uh, all sorts of, uh, of frauds like that. I mean, Ponzi schemes are big right now, and the understanding of how those are structured and how they work is 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 important. How traditional frauds are, are created. Ghost employees, false billing schemes. Really understand the underpinnings of those, so that when the time comes and you do want to start looking in that way, you've got some fundamentals. You've got some basic experience in terms of an understanding of how the crime is committed and how it's hidden, 
and how it's uncovered. Well, Alan, for better or for worse, there's plenty of source material for somebody wanting to learn about this today. There is that. Alan, once there again, is that. there's a tremendous amount. Once again, I appreciate your time and your insights. It's a pleasure to talk with you, and I look forward to talking with you again. Let's do that. We've been talking about fraud. We've been talking with Alan Bachman with the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.